0: Welcome to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I am Nate, alongside co-hosts Andy and Zach, and welcome to Week Two of the college football season. Uh, we didn't play Week One, as far as I remember, so uh, we're starting the season off on a fresh foot against Colorado this week. Uh, That's nothing, nothing happened. Nothing bad happened. Uh, <laughs> we're excited to see what the new team looks like, and uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, we uh, played Minnesota at Minnesota in Minneapolis uh, last Thursday. Strange day for a football game, but uh, it happened nonetheless. And, unfortunately, your Cornhuskers lost 13-10 to uh, to the Golden Gophers, or the uh, Fighting PJ Flex, as some might say. So, it was an overall kind of a weird game. Uh, there were some bright spots that I think we'll hopefully be building on. Definitely, definitely. A lot of little things to clean up along the way as well though but uh, wouldn't be nebraska football team without a reference to uh just if it is a possibility it's a nebraska ability and that game just encapsulated it i'd say um there were turnovers galore on our end uh jeff sims looked like a great impression of tommy armstrong that was beautiful to see until he threw the ball um <laughs> and other than that the defense really kept us in the game for the most part had that little lapse at the end of the game that uh, just gave up the last points there but i mean they were probably our strongest core uh moving throughout that game so that was interesting to see not necessarily unexpected but uh, it was good to see that they were at least holding up their end of the bargain um i think Andy was the only one that predicted we were going to lose. So, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, and he wins good the on prediction. you. 1-0, <laughs> baby. Thanks, Andy. I uh, I went really high. I think I was like 35-31. I went uh, a little higher scoring than uh, what either team thought was necessary, I guess. So, <laughs> that was a little disappointing, but... Um... <laughs> It's so funny, Overall, too,
1: because we, we all said it was going to be a Big Ten football game. We didn't predict mm-hmm. that much of a Big Ten football game. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it was, again, just kind of a weird game where I believe we outgained Minnesota and just the little things killed us. I mean, three interceptions, not great. A back-breaking fumble to essentially seal the game. Uh, really... Put the nail in the coffin. Um, Again, wasn't all that surprising. It is a Nebraska ability. I was hoping it wouldn't happen. I was hoping it wouldn't pop up again, but it did. And that being said, as I don't know, it's still game one. It it was excruciating to watch. There's a lot to work on, but there there's still some good. I think they can come out of this team. So I'll go ahead and pass it over to Andrew Zach for just their kind of quick thoughts, um, for how the football team looked to them and, uh, kind of where we can go moving forward.
1: Yeah. For me, uh, sorry, Andy, I know you were just going to talk there, but I'm going to cut you off. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just you. got some, I got some key points that I just kind of took from the game. Cause we'll get to deeper discussion, but, um, you are correct by the way, Nate, um, I do believe that we we outrushed them uh, tremendously. Actually, we held them to just 55 rushing yards, which is a great statement for the defense. I understand that like Minnesota's running backs are not, you know, the Mo Ibrahim levels, but still, that's what they've done, and we stopped them from their own game. Uh, just came up short in the end. Um, for me, you know, um, a- after the game, as I'm sure all of us were. It was upsetting because it's like, you know, second verse, same as the first. Um, We've seen this time and time again. And, of course, (laughs) they had to flash a graphic there. I think it was in the last five minutes there, uh, right before the fumble or somewhere in there. It just felt like the omen was looming, and they flashed a graphic on TV that even said uh, Nebraska's whatever, the worst record in FBS in one-score games. And it's like, see, we had a chance until they showed that. So. (laughs) I blame, I just blame that graphic entirely. Um, But looking back at it, you know, we were seven point dogs going into the game. So not to make the excuse of we weren't supposed to win, but we weren't supposed to win. And when you look at how we lost, it makes sense. But it's also impressive that we still only lost by three on a last minute field goal with four turnovers. Like, I don't know if that speaks (laughs) maybe to how poorly Minnesota played as well, but something else to consider. Um, And we also knew that's what we signed up for with rule. Um, You know, if you go back and look at his history with college football teams, NFL is a bit of a different, different game. But if you go back and look at his rebuilding years at temple and Baylor, his first year, his record is three and 21. Um, So many people that know math better than I do would say that's not great. Um, Not a good percentage, but we knew that going in, like we do not you know, I still don't necessarily think we're going to have a one in 10, one in 11 season or anything like that. But, you know, we kind of knew that this year might be a toss up of either really bad or really good. Um, or, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't know exactly at all what to expect, but, um, and then Nate, you said it too, is that there's a lot, I think there's a lot to like from what we saw. The problem is you have to go back and watch it because on the surface it didn't look good, but 200, almost 200 rushing yards, um, specifically from our team. That's not bad. Um, you know, we'll get further into that too, but we did okay. Offense does look a little weary, but our defense definitely balled out. Um, I think the big thing I took away for the two big things I took away were the defense playing well, but, even if there was, there weren't, I didn't see too many missed tackles. There were some, but what I really liked to see there was even though on the missed tackles, um, we had guys swarming the ball. So yeah, there might've been a missed tackle, but it wasn't like they gained too many yards after that for the most part. And then uh, the other thing for me is special teams. Uh team that last year was god-awful uh, definitely took a step this year and looks a heck of a lot better now. Small sample size, just game one, but still, Um, those are my quick thoughts. Andy, what you got?
2: So we definitely would have done this either immediately after the game or like Saturday, Sunday. My obviously angry head would have prevailed more than the calming uh, thoughts that I have had since then to look back on it and reflect and everything. Um, It wasn't but I always keep coming back to, it wasn't, you know, that Nebraska lost, you know, a lot of people thought we would lose, you know, including me. And I think it was just more of what we've reiterated. It's like, it's just how they lost, which was the part that probably hurt the worst. Um, You know, it's just always, let's go back to, there's just a small glimmer of hope that Nebraska might be able to finally get over that hump. You know, even if it's a new coach and new players that, this fan base can actually have some sort of euphoria for once of just getting over that less, you know, those prone mistakes that we're always so used to making and go down on a winning drive and go win the game and walk out of Minneapolis with a win. Finally. Um, it's just, it's, it's, that's what I just keep coming back to is it's just not that Nebraska loss. It's how they lost the game, which is the part that a lot of those mistakes that we talked about are very fixable, very correctable. Um, you know, just those two uh, false start penalties inside your own 10-yard line, you know, especially the one that was called at the goal line, which, you know, Gabe Irvin did score. And then the next play, you know, Jeff Sims throws an interception. So it's like it's, that is something that's so preventable, so so correctable, both those plays, you know, the false start and Jeff Sims, you know, just being able to go through his reads. Um, if you go back and watch that play, you know, he went for, I think it was Billy Kemp, uh, who was the intended wide receiver, but you know, he overlooked Borker, who was sitting right at the end zone line uncovered wide open. All he's got to do is catch the ball and he scores, you know, it's, it's little things like that, that, you know, what you hire coach rule to do is just fix those correct, like correctable mistakes and fix those penalties, fix those mental things that, you know, even if you get out of there with a field goal, you go in three, three at half instead of down Oh three after throwing a red zone interception. Um, and then, yeah, the other false start on the other end of the third quarter or fourth quarter, um, you know, kills a drive. You settle for a field goal at that point. But, you know, there's a chance, you know, easily you make that a 14 to three game, you know, or at minimum, you know, a 10 to three game going into half or going out of half type of thing. Um, but it's just it's things like that, that that hurt. It's kind of like the big going kick that we're always so used to as Nebraska fans. And. And for once, they were like, this is a new era. We can finally just get over this hump. And, I, you know, I was definitely on that train after Thursday's game and Friday, into the weekend. It's like this, just the overreaction of this is, you know, the same old story, like he's had sack. This is, you know, this is how it's going to be. Like season's already over, sky's falling, so on and so forth. And then you sit back and you think about it and you're like, this is game one of a brand new coach, a brand new system that we all knew this was going to be a tough year like we weren't you know a lot of us we all predicted a bowl game but you know we weren't expecting a nine and four season right out of the gate if it did happen it still can happen theoretically but if it does you know we weren't expecting that right out of the gate so that's also the part we have to fall back on and kind of you know talk ourselves into is this is going to take time you know and if like you said zach if rules track record is anything to show for it this is uh, definitely a just a building block that we have to just get through and just go through together as a fan base because there is nothing else that we can do right now other than just trust Matt Rule and just trust that he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's coaching, and you know it's it might it might be a couple tough years. You know it it just might be a long haul that we have to get into. But that's what I keep going back to is it's game one. We just have to settle, relax and just keep going into these games game by game. Now, Saturdays, you know, and we'll get to Colorado in a second, but I think that sent a lot of the fan base uh getting like it sent a lot of the fan base into hysterics after watching Colorado how they performed against TCU. I think that definitely made the discourse around Nebraska like, oh, the season's already over, just made it much worse. Um and we'll get yeah, like I said, we'll get back into the Colorado talk here, but that's just kind of my overall first point of after having relaxed from Minnesota, having time to process everything. That you know, it's game one. We just need we need time as a program to entrust Matt Rule of what he wants to build. Um, you know, I think there's just a little more optimism because this is the most talented team he's inherited going into his coaching career, but. At the same time, you know, we we knew that the passing game would struggle and it did struggle. You know, Sam himself getting, you know, your big targets who we thought were going to show up weren't really existent Thursday. So that's also on rule and his coaching staff is, okay. how do we change that game plan game to game? How do we get our receivers more in focus and in depth so that they are a passing threat and a passing attack and we just don't have to rely on the run? every game. And we might have to this year. That is a very real possibility is we might have to rely on the run to win us a lot of games. And that comes down to the running backs being a work, like a workhorse back room. That depends on our line, being able to control the trench as well. Uh, but I'll pass it back to Nate for, if we could go through the game, kind of the bright spots, low spots of offense, defense, special teams and what we liked about uh, the game before we dive into
0: the discourse of, Dion week, essentially. Yeah, no, those are all really good points. And yeah, we'll just dive into the offense first. Uh, it's kind of a mixed bag right now. Uh, as you mentioned, we have the athletes at wide receiver. They just, they were not getting open. Whether that's a product of Minnesota having good defensive back safeties could be. Um, there is some hesitation, a little. Um, I guess, yeah, just hesitation that maybe our guys aren't the greatest. (laughs) But also, our wide receiver room is also getting pretty darn injured, too. Um, I saw Isaiah Garcia Castaneda uh, tours ACL during the game, so he's out for the season, unfortunately. So uh, we are running on fumes, but uh, as always, just got our next man up there. So we'll we'll see who (laughs) comes up. Maybe it'll be... uh, Henrik Arba maybe. <laughs> it it could be. That was a oh I turned to everybody
2: I was watching the game with and I was like that is not a normal wide receiver number yeah. or tight end number that we have <laughs> on the team. That is one of our quarterback numbers. That is out there Making the first down off a catch, yeah. They did say in one of the press—I
1: think it was one of the press conferences too—that like that was a specific play set up for him, but that they are like looking at those things. So mm-hmm. there is a good chance it might see more of that, as we call it, the random uh, har the Harburgness. Harburgness <laughs> doesn't to look quite all off the tongue as well. But. Had to look at the <laughs> notes real quick. But
2: but you're right, Nate. Is you know we we made a point last episode as are was going to trust the veteran guys going into that game first. And now you lose a veteran receiver essentially. So now we might be looking at Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd to step up and lead those positions. If we don't, you know, Bullock had the lone touchdown last game. Definitely. So he's probably going to be more involved. We're definitely going to have to get our tight ends more involved with Borkature and Fedoni who were, you know, Borkature was really the only
0: one that was existent last game too. Yeah, and that was, I believe I saw on Twitter there was an interaction between Fedoni and I forget who it was, one of the media personalities. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, Fedoni is confident in himself. So I will, it's still week one. I'll give him a little time. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's been love in line for the past two out. years. So I'm really, we, we would all love to see him ball out. Yeah, it's give just him some time to rev his motor here. He was and, what? One right? of our glass cannons
2: that we yep. announced? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's just, that's always. The thing, too, is, you know, is he going to stay healthy enough for him to be used well enough in this offense? And that's the biggest
0: question mark. It's going to be there all season. Mm -hmm. So potential is there for a lot of guys. I mean, like I said, it's going to be next man up. There's there's openings. I mean, and hopefully having Marcus Washington, I believe he was serving some academic suspension or something for the first half yes of the game so he did announce
2: um, that at the press conference
0: yeah so hopefully having marcus washington who's kind of more wide receiver one maybe two-ish but one of the more veteran presences there um for a full game will help speed things along uh, get everyone used to that as well and then just getting kemp i think more used to the offense more used to the system uh hopefully things get off to a better start there overall the running game was interesting um Jeff Sims, boy, does that boy have legs? <laughs> um, I think he ran what? What was ninety-one yards for? Uh, yep, yeah, 91, ninety-one yards for Jeff Sims. Um, everyone else, I mean, Gabe Urban had fifty-five. Everyone else was under thirty yards. Past that, Anthony Grant, or our sweet boy Anthony, had that devastating fumble. Uh, right at the end of the game, that really sealed the game uh, loss for us. Ramir Johnson only had one carry, uh, which was a little interesting because I know Matt Rule said that he was looking forward to incorporating Ramir a little more um, into the system, and I know he used uh, him in the receiving game a bit, but we uh, didn't see Ramir quite as much as I was anticipating, which was which was interesting. But Gabe Irvin, uh, I'd like to see him getting the ball more, especially. um, going into this next game where Colorado's run defense is at least looks a little more susceptible. Um, But he looked like he could be the real deal if we can just get him going and give him the confidence to be that, you know, running back one. Anthony Grant, it sucks to say he's going to need just time to get his confidence back up too. I mean, got to get, got to fix the fumbles. Can't have them, especially... Especially towards the end of a game where it's only, you know, <laughs> tie game three point game there. It's you gotta gotta take care of the rock. Can't mm-hmm. can't have those mental mistakes. And again, it's week one, one of those things to clean up. But I know Matt Rule was talking about him having some issues with fumbling uh, in practice a week or two prior to that. So hopefully that is something what he's incredibly cognizant of moving forward and something they're working on in practice. Um, otherwise, the offensive line, as you mentioned, Andy, there were the false start penalties that really, really hurt us, but there were just times where the offensive line looked like they have the past few years where Minnesota was in the backfield just like that. couple seconds, and there were times where the offensive line actually looked like they were picking up blocks and, uh, you know, giving Jeff Sims a little bit of time. And so I don't know if that was – I would need to watch the game again to see if maybe that's – think it was more bad reads, but if maybe if uh, he just didn't have time in the pocket to uh, go over his reads. But just inconsistent offensive line play hopefully will get fixed. I know Matt Rule was talking about uh, Raula – being a solid foundation for the offensive line group and um, being that presence that they needed. And hopefully he can bring that group a little more stability and just a little more, I don't know, gumption to <laughs> protect their quarterback uh, moving into the rest of the season. Again, week one, I, I will give some mulligans, but it'd be nice to see, uh, a little better uh, offensive line play there, but that's kind of what I've got looking at the offense. I'll go ahead and pass it over to Zach for uh, any of your thoughts.
1: Don't really have much else, I guess. Um, I mean, you kind of hit on the key points. Uh, Obviously something else to bring up, not to be like, Oh, the refs have it out for us. That's not what I'm saying, but we had what should have been a score. Um, by Gabe, and it was mm-hmm. overturned, which then led to that whole sequence. was just the most confusing thing I think I've seen in college football in the past five years. Outside of the whole disconcerting penalties or whatever that thing is, I can't I can't even remember the name of that because that's oh, a... that's
2: disconcerting signals.
0: Flashback for everybody. Signals.
1: Um, t- that should have been the that should have been the trivia this week, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, spoiler: you don't have to worry about that. But anyway. Um, that should have been that, you know, I thought that was a score. I think a lot of people thought that was a score. I think even the people on TV were like, oh, that looks like a score to me. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's where that inconclusive evidence comes in. And I'm sure they didn't see enough to turn it over or, uh, you know, overturn the call. Um, but, you know, you take that away or you give the score there and you're going probably into halftime with seven, Um, not three at minimum. Uh, and like we did uh, zero, zero because, <laughs> because that then led to, you know, that all led to what, uh, <clears throat> what we saw happen at the end of the half there. Um, you know, and again, I, I did see some good things though. Um well, you know, touching on the offensive line, ironically, um, it was mentioned by, I think Satterfield today that uh, they, they went back and they watched the tape and they said, even that, um, a couple of the the ones that they discussed, um, you know, where they talked about people missing assignments and whatever um, miscommunication is what it was tacked down to. And to me, I think some of these offensive line struggles and some of these offensive struggles are about to be expected. Um, not, not necessarily that we should just be like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's why our offense can't do anything. Cause we're just, we're all new. Like we're not the only ones under that scenario either. Um <laughs> Specifically speaking this week, we're not the only ones in that new scenario. Um, but I think a lot of it is explainable and definitely fixable. Um, the penalties definitely is something that needs cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I saw a lot that I, not a lot, but I saw some that I did like, um, I think Jeff Sims could be a good quarterback if he doesn't cite in his read every time. Uh, seems mm-hmm. like he was given that away. um, and I, I know I don't know anything about playing quarterback, so I'm not going to sit here and critique too much because I don't know what that's like. But I do know that you're not supposed to do that. But if it's because he can't you know, get through his reads because of the offensive line, then obviously that needs to be corrected. And um, But again, our running game, I think, was very solid. I think that's going to be key going mm-hmm. forward um, outside of the costly fumble. Um, but really, I mean... Offensive or the offensive side of the ball was definitely our weakest side of the ball. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. But I think they do have a good foundation, and I do mm-hmm. think that the things that were there is is something that can win. You know, help the team get the team to a win. It just you, they got to clean up a lot of, I think a lot of it just comes down to mental mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's the game of football. Like you can't you can't have four turnovers you can't have four turnovers and expect to win the game. And the fact I said this before, but the fact that we were even as close as we did, I don't call it, you know, I'm not going for the moral victory, but you know, I'm, I was more impressed that we were still able to keep the composure good enough where in previous years, Minnesota probably would have scored twice in the fourth quarter, Mm -hmm. you know, based on how we were before. So that's really my overall thoughts. Um, Yeah. I'll pass it over to Andy.
2: Yeah, so we kind of touch on the defense and the uh, special teams. Uh, special teams would be a bit quicker, but, you know, we we saw right out of the gate that Rule said, you know, we're not going to be fair catching balls. We're going to be taking them out, returning them, everything like that. And, you know, first kickoff, he got maybe to the 20-yard line, and you're like, oh, well, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. Um, and then you come out of half, and then Ramirez gets you down to whatever, the 40, 35-yard line. Of in Minnesota territory and you're like okay now now we know why you know uh we aren't gonna be just fair catching every ball now we're gonna be giving ourselves a chance and it that turns out the trick play that was almost muffed and almost tragic turns into a touchdown uh <laughs> happened because you know you set yourself up in positive territory based off that kick return already. Um you know Bushini I would I worried for a second you know Bushini got you know, a little roughed up on that roughing the kicker call. And he started limping. I was like, you know, he was, he was our only an only known person on the special teams that we had confidence in, you know, and thankfully he was able to come back out and punt later in the game with no issues. We haven't heard anything that anything's wrong with him. So hopefully he just took a, just a nice lick and nothing groin wise is further going to prevent him from kicking. But, you know, uh, Tristan Alvano made his extra point, made his, uh, Probably thirty yard attempt or whatever far away it was. So, you know, he made his attempts. Now weren't really super challenging, super far away. You know, saying me saying that as a not kicker, but um, in terms of you take the average college kicker, of, you know their their range, you know generally they're good from thirty yards in essentially. Um, So we'll see if he has a bigger challenge. You know, thirty plus yards uh, going forward throughout the season, see how he performs, but you know, outside of that, I mean, there wasn't really anything bad about special teams. You know, they tackled, they didn't miss any tackles on kickoff punts, anything like that. So I'd argue uh, the
1: most improved after last yeah, year. With absolutely. How bad, with how bad our special teams yeah. was last year.
2: So it definitely, it was, it was
1: nice to be like, Oh, we could do something. <laughs>
2: right. So and that's that. absolutely. That was why I just didn't really have much points on the special teams. Cause it wasn't really anything bad to talk about more positives than anything else. Um, But that will flip to the defense. So, yeah, defense. I mean, we knew going in this was going to be our strong suit of the season. And uh, definitely they proved that they can play that type of game of a grinded out, you know, type game where you give yourself a chance to be in games to win. You give your offense a chance to go back out there and try to win the game. And, you know, kind of the same thing with the false start. And then the next play, you throw an interception, you know, on that third and ten before Minnesota scores, you know, I think it was Isaac Gifford, you know, had the interception in his hands in the end zone, dropped it. And it's just like, you know, you think to yourself in that moment, okay, fourth and 10, you know, Minnesota's going to try, you know, they got to at least get 10 yards to keep the game alive. They're not kicking a field goal here. And it just get that, that sequence just shows you how important, you know, one play in a game can be and can be so costly at the same time is you think, you know, drop interception not going to matter. You know, it's still fourth and 10 for Minnesota. And, you know, credit to the Minnesota receiver on that next play. Hell of a catch. Getting just like literally an inch of a toe drag in with possession. You know, and Hardzog got beak, beat on that play. You know, that's also another yeah, thing yeah. is he bit on the inside and receiver ran a post right back outside. And, you know, b- props to Minnesota on that one. They threw up a good play, you know, got our defender to bite and, you know, twice the game there, but I think all of us in that moment knew like that was probably the momentum swing that Minnesota needed after the grant fumble is, uh, and definitely in the back of my thought, I was like, there's probably a chance we'll still lose this game after this, but yeah, defense. So it was you. Probably. So it
1: was you that did it. You just you know, admitted you- that it was your fault.
2: I was happy for no. that second <laughs> half. I think a lot of us were happy that second half. Um, Another key moment is, you know, Ty Robinson's targeting call. Again, like you said, Zach, a very easy mental mistake. You teach him like, hey, you know, you can't be shoving into the quarterback after two seconds after he releases the ball. Um, So he's out the first half of the Colorado game. It could be very important, could not be very important. Like, I don't know what what we're going to go into that game if – we're going to need Ty Robinson in the first half uh, rule already made it clear. He's probably going to play every single snap of the second half. So uh, once he gets back there, but, you know, just another simple mental mistake that you can't have in that moment um, you give, that's a free 15 yards to Minnesota. I don't exactly remember what happened after that drive, but um, you know, just a costly defensive experience, defensive lineman that you lose for the first half of the next game with that. But, you know, I, yeah, the, like we would mentioned in the beginning, you know, we held them to 55 rushing yards. And for a team that we knew Minnesota was going to come out and run the ball, you know, they dinked and dunked a lot, a lot on us. But passing wise, I mean, you know, under 200 yards passing with not a lot like that. I think that touchdown play was probably the longest pass of the game, which is like 30 something yards. So a lot of, you know, we didn't give up the big, you know, down vertical field threat broken plays that we're so typical accustomed to. So, and that's something that I hope Tony White kind of realizes is, you know, teams might dink and dunk us. So how do you combat, how do you strategize to play against that? How do you get your secondary and your nickels to prevent those dink and dunks from going four or five plus yards every single play? And if we looked at what Colorado did this weekend against TCU, um, a lot of their passes were dink and dunk plays as well out of the backfield, especially with Dylan Edwards uh, breaking off some of those halfback passes that you catch behind the line. And then he breaks off for 30 plus yards. So that's something we also got a game game plan with, but outside of that, I wasn't, you know, entirely too upset with the defense. I mean, they did what they had to do. You kept us in the game. They kept the offense with chances to win the game. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, it comes down to just the, the turnover battle. Um, Definitely if you're not winning that battle, like we had seen, you're not gonna win very many games. Um, but I don't have much more of the defense. You know, I we played what they thought they were gonna play like. Um, I still have confidence in them, despite, you know, them giving up the back breaking touchdown play. But, you know, you can't get you can't put yourself on the offense, you can't put your defense in that position after a fumble is give the ball right back to Minnesota on positive territory after your defense just got them got your offense back on the field, you're telling them to go back out and like, hey, go stop them again uh, type thing after the momentum completely swung. But I, you know, I wasn't too upset with what the defense did. Um, you know, just we, we knew what Minnesota was going to do and we stopped primarily what they thought they were going to do running the ball. Um, you know, we'll see going forward what Minnesota's like uh, if they – just do what they usually do: start slow and they kind of pick up steam. Or if they're going to rely more on a uh, Cali McManus to make a lot of their plays this season, but yeah, I don't. You guys touched on a lot of the offensive points. I don't really have much more to say other than you know a lot of simple mistakes, just easy to clean up, and that game goes can complete one eighty Nebraska's way. Um,
1: hopefully, easy to clean up is what yeah, you probably mm-hmm. should have said. You're right. There. Hopefully, hopefully, easy to <laughs> Theoretically, clean up. Yeah. The um, mistakes themselves should be yeah. easy to clean up. Whether and, they do, we'll see. And
0: that. I had
2: that thought. I know I texted you guys about it is what is, you know, do those false start penalties happen when you're playing this game at home? You know, those are, you know, I one of those false start penalties is right in front of the Minnesota student section. So if you have that in a quieter Memorial stadium, you know, does that penalty happen? Does Nebraska still score in a like type of situation without a mental mistake like that? And, you know, you, you play the game that you play, you get scheduled where you get scheduled, you know, I'm not complaining about that, but you know, just in an alternate universe, does that happen at home versus, you know, your first game out on the road under that rule. But uh, with that, we'll kind of flip it to looking ahead to, you know, what is already, like I had talked about in the beginning, you know, we were all like, what's Colorado going to be? And I think now Saturday just absolutely elevated this conversation in this week for Nebraska. And, you know, it's going to be 99% Dion in Colorado and then be 1% Nebraska talk this week, which deservedly so if you're, you know, just a neutral college football fan and just kind of seeing what Dion has done already, but we'll pass that to Nate. We'll just get started with, you know, what we, what,
0: what, what even Saturday is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Saturday, I think is going to be a madhouse. Uh, it's going to be quite the game for what Fox big noon kickoff. So that's a nice 11 a.m. kickoff for you folks in the Midwest, 9 a.m. out here, uh, the great state of california so that'll be a wake-up call for me but uh no i mean you colorado comes in life. looks like <laughs> three point uh favorite right now is what i'm seeing as the line right there although espn's fbi still has this as a 58 percent chance of winning the game so Uh, Don't believe it. See what those, (laughs) all it all goes into those metrics, but uh, I mean, it it really could be anyone's game. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the uh, Colorado TCU game. I heard there was some reasonable uh, questioning to the uh, extent of TCU actually needing to be ranked, but. you know they're in the national championship game last year, so I suppose mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't think they'd fall off that much. But I, in the coming or the past few days, I've seen tweets and things that are talking about how TCU's defense, even in the national, going into the national championship game last year, was like 90th in the country, and they lost almost all of their starters from that game. So it would be reasonable to think there would be a decent drop off. And I mean, you bring in a new upstart coach like deon sanders into colorado i mean he's got a lot of the hype he's bringing good athletes with him can't can't argue with that like he he's got a decent program at least starting to build out there um he's got got the players he's got the players believing in uh, his message and his system so that that goes a long ways um, for turning culture around there so i think it'll be definitely an interesting game uh i Hopefully our defense is a little more intact than TCU's though. <laughs> so hopefully we're not seeing a 45 42 uh, shootout. I think if we're getting into a high scoring game, we're um, we, we, we will not the 42 on <laughs> in that instance. No.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. if we're getting into a high scoring game, it's Colorado is the one that's high scoring and we're trying mm-hmm. to catch up.
0: Yep. Yep. Hopefully we're limiting turnovers and hoping for the best at that point. But, um, yeah, I mean, their quarterback, Sanders, threw for over 500 yards, which is, I mean, even <laughs> against the bottom defense, I mean, that's still not a mm-hmm. easy feat to do. Four touchdowns. Um, was I think they said that times, was a school record so. for
1: Colorado, too, wasn't it? I think so. Yes. Yeah. That was, yeah, the most yards in a game. So, I mean, mm-hmm. still.
0: And I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. to their credit, too, it they did it at TCU as well. So it was on the road. It wasn't wasn't a home opener for Colorado, so that's uh, definitely interesting. But I think, oh, man, just looking at the stats, they had four receivers with over 100 yards. (laughs) So that is uh, hopefully something we can limit a bit. But uh, I do remember seeing that their run defense was a little suspect. I don't have the numbers exactly in front of me, but I think TCU had – at least some success, uh, you know, run the ball. I mean, they put up 42 points. So, I mean, that's not necessarily ideal for Colorado that they're, yes, they scored 45 points. And I mean, if you're scoring more points and your defense gives up, I suppose that is something to hang your hat on, but hopefully we are able to capitalize on that a little more and can uh, really make Colorado work for their points uh, more than they had. And I don't know, we, we have Gabe Irvin and we have Jeff Sims. If their run defense isn't up to stuff, I don't see why we need to be airing it out more than ten, fifteen times, rather than just, you know, keeping the defense honest. Uh I'll be I'll be blunt there. Like I said, I didn't watch the game, but that's a lot of the uh kind of discourse around what has been uh, said with Colorado TCU game was mm-hmm. that they're susceptible. And I think Matt Rule is definitely a smart enough game planner where he's going to try and exploit those weaknesses and hopefully uh, it didn't work out for us uh, against Minnesota. But uh, if we run the ball three times, <laughs> we actually have some success uh, and hopefully that doesn't backfire on us. We're not doing that in the fourth quarter when we need to be, <clears throat> or we do that in the fourth quarter. When we need to be two clock and not just throwing three passes. And yeah, but I digress. <laughs> I'll pass it over to Zach on uh, kind of any of your thoughts on what we might see this weekend.
1: For me, it's just a few key points, really. Um, uh, I mean, TCU understandably was ranked, but I think now the, the argument that everybody was aware of is that they probably shouldn't have been. Um, if you go back and look at the team they had last year, you know, they lost a lot of seniors this mm-hmm. last year. So um, <clears throat> whole new team there, not whole new team, but, quite a sizable chunk of a new team and all of that fun stuff. But so the, the big keys for me from, from watching, cause I did get Andy and I did watch the Colorado TCU game and we're talking back and forth during the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the big key takeaways that I took from it are, and I'm not an offensive guru by any means. So, you know, if I was, I wouldn't be here, you know, waiting for that sponsorship to kick in so we can, you know, <laughs> right <laughs> off into the sunset as a podcaster. But um, for me, it's, it's the keep it simple method, you know, the kiss rule or whatever. The keep it simple, stupid. There were times where TCU would break off and do, you know, five, six runs in their series and they were gaining just fine. And, I understand, you know, passing every now and then to make sure that the offense doesn't or the defense doesn't just start, you know, closing in on you. But like if it's working and you're able to keep running the ball,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why change it? And we even had that on offense, you know, last week when when they uh, came out after we stopped Minnesota and we ran three pass plays in a row. It's like, mm-hmm. Why? And again, I'm not an offensive genius. Maybe I missed something, but to me, I'm like, we were running well last week. Why not just keep doing it? At least for one play, like the mm-hmm. like the first down play, which almost was a, was a, a caught ball. You know, I was like, fine, but like, you mm-hmm. know, to me, it's like, well, run the ball to give yourself an easier chance on third down. But again, that's why I play NCAA on Xbox and don't actually do the thing. <laughs> so, um. So keep it simple because I think a lot of times you know teams tend to overthink these things, but that also goes for the players. I think um, a key for me is that Colorado is not like is not Georgia. We're not going to play Georgia next week, mm-hmm. um, or sorry, this weekend. We're not going to play Georgia, so it's like we're not you know we're not David taking on Goliath. We are in a way, but not in the same way that a lot of other teams are. And so Colorado is beatable. There was a lot that I saw from the TCU game that yeah they played well but they didn't play the greatest game i've ever seen either and i think a lot of people that are like oh colorado's gonna kill us i i don't think so i don't necessarily know if nebraska will win but i think nebraska has the pieces to at least keep it you know manageable and i think that's the key there for me is you know make your defense or sorry make the defense for nebraska you know, keep what they, they did, what they did worked. You know, they didn't to me, they didn't lose the game less this last week. So you keep doing what you're doing, but also, you know, try to create more pressure because a lot of the times you could see that Sanders, he played well. I'm not taking away from that. But if you got pressure on him, he sometimes would shut down. He'd um, kind of tuck. Uh, tuck tuck himself in and take the sack when he should have probably just thrown it away and he had chances to throw it away. Uh, I'm not going to say he made too many mistakes for just the sake of that's not what we saw really, but uh, I I do think he's susceptible to making some of those mental errors once you get pressure on him and I think Nebraska's defense has the capability to get back there. The thing is, you know, we need to set our you know, secondary and everything up in order to get them in there. I do I do firmly believe that our defense is better than TCU's as well, especially because TCU is playing off their receivers five, six yards every time when they were doing a pass play, which then came into the dink, the dink and dunk thing. That was wild.
2: So, that was I said that the entire game.
1: And it's like and we kind of did it with Minnesota, too. But it's like like Colorado couldn't be stopped. And I put that in quotes, but it's like they could have been just mm-hmm. line up on them a little more but I'm not a defensive genius either. So what do I know? But so keep it simple on the offense because I don't think we have the capability to put too much complexity in there. Um, You know, defense keep doing what you're doing and then special teams as well. And then third, um, like Matt rule has said, and like, I think he's preaching to his players. uh, The two things that I really like that he said is get 1% better. So hopefully that's what they spent this week doing is getting better every day Mm -hmm. as well as just play football. Um, there's a lot of factors that are, you know, going against what Nebraska is planning on playing. Uh, you know, they're, they're going into a hostile environment, very hostile. Mm -hmm. If you look at history, um, hopefully it's not that bad regardless of wins or losses, but you you can never tell. Um, but just go in and play the game, you know, forget last week, forget, forget the game, the game before, you know, limit the mistakes and just play your game and i do Mm -hmm. i do think that colorado is susceptible and i do think nebraska could beat them and they're playing a ranked colorado now i think Mm -hmm. colorado's 22 is that right Yep. so yeah for me i think like we we all discussed there's things that the that nebraska could definitely clean up and hopefully they do um and i think that's where i think this is the game to to prove you know it's i think it's still going to be an ugly game but I, I think it's possible for Nebraska to pull out the win. Whether I predict that they're going to win is different, but I think they could. <laughs> so with that, I'll let Andy say his save piece.
2: Yeah. Um, the biggest thing that we, we talked about a shootout earlier, and, yeah, if Nebraska tries to get into a shootout game with Colorado. You're not winning. Um, you know, TCU ran for 262 yards against Colorado, and that, you know, we ran for I don't even know how much. Uh, one, one eighty-one, like yeah, one eighty-one. So, you know, I and we might we again we don't know what the wide receiver room is fully capable of looking like. So we might this might be an old school. We just run and run and run and run with Sims, Irvin, Ramirez, all of them the entire game. And yes, that works in theory as long as Sims stays healthy too. But yeah, like you said, they they looked very susceptible, and you know they. Colorado ran for 55, 55 yards. And yes, a lot of that game was 510 yards of passing from Sanders. And I think, yes, if Nebraska can somehow even just limit some of those passing opportunities, just limit the big plays from the secondary, the nickels, all of that, and everything like that, there is a chance that Nebraska can stay in this game and keep this game very close and competitive and even win this game. So there is... There's that, and I think I look back at, you know, the time of possession for Colorado and TCU. You know, Colorado had the ball for five, six-ish more minutes than uh, TCU did that entire game, and that worked. I mean, yes, the game was close because you can usually tell by the time of possession, you know, who dominates one over the other, but, you know, if TCU is scoring two minutes after Colorado scores and Colorado come out scoring three minutes after that, so... If Nebraska just takes care of the ball, controls the game of possession like they did against Minnesota, that game was pretty much 30-30 between Nebraska and Minnesota of time of possession. And we saw that a lot last year where we were always, it was always like 40-20. You know, Nebraska always be, uh, you know, have it three and outs every single drive. And if Nebraska can just sustain drives, kill the clock, run the ball, there is, yes, like we saw last week, there's a chance they stay in this game. They There's a chance they win this game. And you limit the amount of times so that Colorado has the ball on offense for Sanders and Travis Hunter and all of them to attack and, you know, put up the big plays and big numbers. So that I think is my, my key stat is Nebraska just needs to come out, focus on what they know they're good at doing. And it's running the ball right now. You know, again, sample size is one game. So you take that you will, but, they proved that they can run the ball. They proved that they can mix it up with Sims and run the read option, run it effectively. Sims can prove that he, if he's dropping back, he's able to scramble and get more yards out of the pocket. If like the passing options aren't open, you know, he just needs to fix his reads and, you know, not staring down a defender where two of those interceptions he did and Minnesota read it perfectly. So, you know, hopefully he's, they're working with him, making sure, you know, he goes through his progression, makes his reads, all of that. And I think that is the key to beating Colorado is just control the clock, control the time of possession. Don't get into a shootout with them because if you do, you're not going to weren't unless the offense somehow changes this week. We're not going to be capable of winning that game if it's a shootout. So that is my biggest key is assuming that the defense is playing like they did against Minnesota, that we can trust them to, you know, limit the big plays on Colorado's passing offense and keep Colorado's run game to a minimum. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, Travis, and it's going to be interesting to see Travis Hunter if he's able to play 110 snaps again on offensive defense, which an incredible feat. His conditioning is probably top bar, but now
1: probably well <laughs> it is.
2: <laughs> but now you're playing 10 a.m. local time and that altitude in Colorado. You know, is he able to sustain again 110 snaps that early? with that altitude playing a factor because it does play a factor and you know, it'll probably play a factor against us too. You know, it's not saying it's, you know, only going to affect Colorado, but it's, it's something to keep in mind is can, is he able to do that again? Or, you know, does coach prime realize that and like, all right, I need you more on offense versus defense or vice versa. So that's going to be another interesting aspect to see is can Colorado keep that up and, you know, whose line it's going to come down to the lines. Is it going to be, you know, whose offensive defensive lines are going to be better against the other team. And, you know, Colorado's offensive lines look really good. Obviously their defensive line did not in terms of rushing the ball. They gave up 262 yards. So it's going to be interesting. Can Nebraska's defensive front, Penetrate. Can we mix up that three-three-five defense and kind of be able to get pressure on Sanders, be able to fill those holes and stop the run game and force Sanders to, you know, make pressure decision throws and not have all of five seconds to sit back in the pocket and find his targets. Because um, there were a couple of those TCU touchdowns that uh, TCU gave up that, you know, the wide receivers ran the route, but he just had so much time that they found out a breakout way to break off the routes and get open for a touchdown. So. Are you able to get pressure on Sanders, be able to force him to make a mistake and, you know, winning the turnover battle is probably going to be another key factor in this game. Is Nebraska going to be on the positive side of this um, endeavor at, uh, at the end of Saturday. So I think that, you know, if Nebraska is just able to maintain the clock, run the ball, limit the mistakes, like we had all talked about, there's a very good chance they come out, you know, either very close competitive or, you know, they, they do have a chance to win this game. Um, I do think our defense is better than TCU's. Our offense obviously needs to get some work done, but you know I think there is a chance that Nebraska does win this game Saturday. But with that, we'll kind of wrap it back around and start throwing out predictions
0: and everything. So go back to Nate there. Yeah, no, as you said, it's prediction time. And uh, I guess... Kind of jumping off something you said, too, um, one thing that does worry me a little bit with our defense is uh, I did notice that we kind of struggled to get pressure on their Minnesota's quarterback uh, for most of the game. We had the one sack, I believe, in the third or fourth quarter. i say a lot of it was the
2: second half where we started getting more pressure mm -hmm. and be able to penetrate their uh, offensive line.
0: Yeah, and who knows whether that's game planning or just uh, whether Minnesota's offensive line got tired could be a mm-hmm. number of factors, but it's definitely gonna be something uh, to watch and see if we're able to control the line. Like you said, uh, it's going to be a, a big storyline of seeing who wins out there. So, um, I think for my prediction, it's a tough one. Cause it really could go either way. We could, we could fall into some bad habits and it could go into a shootout that we really don't want to see. I don't think, um, or we could, you know, control at least part of the game, keep the ball in our hands a bit, keep our defense fresh, um, and we could have a, a game on our hands. And I'm, I'm hoping for that latter outcome. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of on the fence for a prediction. It's a tough one. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will stick to my optimistic uh, season outcome I, I, we we need this one for my uh, prediction to gain some traction. <laughs> <here>. uh, so <laughs> we're gonna wish cast this one into existence, I guess. Um, and I think I'm gonna go lower scoring than last week. I think. Um, I think defense holds, and we come out of Boulder with a 21-17 victory.
1: Okay. Okay. I guess, uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's tough. Um, very tough. Because I know I just said, oh, I saw a lot of things that I really liked and all of that, <laughs> you know, positivity. But I'm going to be honest. I think, I think Nebraska is going to play a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know if I can say that they're going to win, but I think I'll, I think I'll stick to an optimistic take because something else I just remembered that we talked about during the game was the clock rules. Now, um, seem to make those games go a lot quicker unless you have big 12 defense playing big 12 defense, and then they score 84 touchdowns in a game. So it's you know constantly back and forth. Um, I don't think Nebraska is going to play that. um, I do think our defense will get stops. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with Nate, not as high scoring. But I do think Colorado just <laughs> might edge us out just a little bit. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to say 27-24 for Colorado. Um, I, I just, <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think Colorado, and again, I'd love to be proven wrong. I would love to be wrong. In this case, I think Colorado is just they've got a lot of fire underneath them, and Nebraska is still working out the you know their mental fortitude. And I think it's gonna be a tough game. But mm-hmm. you know, prove me wrong, guys.
2: Yeah, I yeah, like you both said, this game could go very, very real world. Well, this game goes both ways where Nebraska goes in and wins, Colorado comes in and takes care of business. So it's it's very, very tough not to overreact, especially after one game of both new head coach eras. But I do think I, our defense is just a lot better than TCU. Um, just in terms of we know there's more experience on our defensive end than there was TCUs. And I do think they do keep us in the game. I do think the offense does find some kinks, works out some of those kinks, and is able just to maintain drives and... You know, score all the points. <laughs> I hope. Um Yeah, I'm going to go Nebraska
1: 28-24. Wow, Yeah, Hey, <laughs> I was the
2: lone one last week, so you <laughs> might be right this
1: week. Somebody, I, I feel like somebody has to be, and I yeah. am the one that said five and seven for the overall season prediction, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows?
2: But I, after reflecting and not Overreacting like I did after Thursday and Friday (laughs) Um, Saturday watching Colorado didn't really help either. But I yeah, I just think we're a better defensive team than TC was. And I think we will keep it better close and just edge them out very, very slightly. But I don't I mean, the spread is only three for Colorado. Granted, it has flipped from seven and a half points before Saturday to now minus three. Uh, for Colorado but you know I mean Vegas still thinks it's going to be close and I do think it's going to be close now over under I think is like 59 and a half or something so
0: mm-hmm.
2: I mean our score predictions are just right up there thinking it's going to be that you know mid-20s range but you know it's it's Nebraska versus Colorado it's a brand new era for both teams both programs and you know not really any one of them i mean they're both trying to instill the history of colorado and nebraska into this rivalry i know both both coaches have been asked about it in their conferences this week of like you know you know we don't really know much about it but we know that you know you're taught to hate nebraska if you're here at colorado if you're taught to hate colorado if you're at nebraska so you know we don't really blame both sides for like well we don't really have that much historical background for this rivalry other than we know we're supposed to hate the other school um and that's what you know. That's what's going to draw fans. You know, mostly people are going to draw in to see Colorado and Dion and everything. But you know, it's a just it's another opportunity for Nebraska to be on the big national stage. Um, you know, big noon kickoff. You'll have your your favorite announcers of Gus Johnson and Joe Clatt there on the call. <laughs>
1: Can't wait to hear with with how with how much Gus definitely did not want uh, TCU to win, and how much of a homer clat is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska could rip off like a ninety five yard touchdown, and they'll be hey. like, Nebraska scores. Sure. Yep. Hey. We'll get booze from the booth. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like that. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't what we wanted. But. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, as much as us as a fan base probably wanted Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech to start off the season, Rule has to be looking at this as, like, this is such a great opportunity for him, his team, the program, the players, to be put back-to-back national primetime games right out of the gate against, you know, two very good opponents right out of the gate. And so I know he's telling his team that as, like, This is your chance to make an impression on the country, on those viewers, on just the college football world is you get this opportunity right out of the state to stake your claim and just tell the world who you are as a football team. So that's just it's another one of those things that, you know, as much as Nebraska fans hate 11 a.m. kickoffs, we hate where we're at. I mean, we're we're also very fortunate as a fan base to be given these opportunities because you could be, you know, where Northwestern is, you could be Rutgers, you could be, you know, I mean, Maryland's on the up and up now, but you could be those programs that don't get that national stage very often. And Nebraska still being the brand that it is, well, as long as we win, at least we'll still get those opportunities. So, you know, it's also at the same time, you just I'm fortunate fortune as a, a Nebraska fan to be given that opportunity as we, are able to be broadcasted on such a large scale to a large national audience week in and week out just because of what Nebraska has done and what Nebraska as a brand still is to the college football world and what it's trying to get back to. But with that, yeah, we'll just kind of wrap it up here and throw it back
0: to Nate, and then we have an award to give out. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's definitely exciting. We'll see what the weekend brings, but uh, we have... uh... You know, trivia coming up. We have our big uh, Nebraska Abilities announcement coming up here soon as well. But everyone's favorite segment. I don't know if (laughs) you need a drum roll, but Fire into the Sun Award. (laughs) <laughs> you know it, it's been a long off season i know you've all been waiting for this i know we've been waiting i personally like I, I will speak with you i personally have waiting for this moment this for, is why uh, i do the while. podcast specifically <laughs> for this this like minute long just this everything else is just gravy Uh oh, but i i think we uh are pretty well agreed on as a pretty well consensus uh person we need to fire into the sun this week unfortunately he is uh was a golden boy for us for the past year. Um, he has a chance to redeem himself. Um, it, like I've said many times uh, this podcast, it's still week one. A lot of, a lot of kinks to work out. A lot of uh, kind of momentum to move upwards with. But, Anthony Grant, unfortunately, mm-hmm. yep, you are the chosen one this week.
1: You could make maybe an argument if you wanted to. And I don't want to do this on week one after week <laughs> one, but you could make the argument that either Matt rule or Satterfield is the one that needs to do it because if he had fumbling issues, why was he getting the ball that late? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the idea is that the players play the game and the coaches coach. So mm-hmm. unfortunately Grant, who was playing okay, fumbled the ball when he shouldn't have. I would like to point out just because we're firing them into the sun does not mean that we don't support them. It's just, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> that's just, unfortunately, the the that's you know, somebody has to be fired into the sun. And unfortunately yep. has to be Anthony this week. So
2: last year, it was a lot of the offensive line. <laughs> just yeah. At that point we couldn't, we, we, we basically
1: <laughs> knew going into the game, what was going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, hey, you know, they'll, they'll get it figured out.
0: Yeah. No, like I said it, Game one. So long season ahead. So hopefully, you know, maybe with any luck, we won't have anyone to fire into the sun by the end of the year. That maybe, maybe that's the goal. It's the dream, <laughs> isn't it? For the award <laughs> to die
1: because we're doing
0: so well. <laughs> we're firing uh, Jeff Sims into the sun for scoring too many touchdowns.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say if this doesn't sportsman like enough. If we if we start playing well. You know what do we I mean, I still feel like we'll just have to be like, uh, we had a pretty bad play, like right there. We'll yeah, we'll
2: have to do. be really picky about it.
1: I I was <laughs> wow, only I an hope eight yard
0: that. run. Uh, we're <laughs> averaging at least twelve. I hope I hope we can do it, but
1: we'll have to see.
0: But um, as as I alluded to, it is week two of trivia. New uh, new segment we're trying out this year. We hope uh, we can get some engagement here, get some responses. We have an exciting one. Obviously, you know, Nebraska-Colorado, not a new rivalry. Been around for a while. Couldn't tell you how long, at least. Oh, I had that. It's
2: 1899, <laughs> I think, was their first Obviously, obviously how Let long me. has
1: the rivalry been around is not the question this week. No. <laughs> just
2: Their first matchup was no 1898. When Nebraska won, 23-10. Okay. That yeah, was their first a meeting. Foot.
0: So, yeah, I know, I believe Colorado is currently on a two-game win streak, if I remember correctly, but hopefully we can reverse that. But that being said, our uh, trivia questions for this week. The initial question is, what is the all-time series record between Nebraska and Colorado? And if you're into bonuses, which uh, we we love to do, you get a special gold star somewhere for that. Yeah. Uh, What is the largest margin of victory uh, in that game and what year did that occur? So we're looking for the all time series record between Nebraska and Colorado, as well as the largest margin of victory in a game between Nebraska and Colorado. So we we hope to get uh, plenty of responses there. We look forward to seeing your uh, your guesses. And uh, yeah, Zach, looks like you have something to say.
1: I do. I vowed last week that I'd make a better system. But, um, the good news is, is that because I did not plan ahead when doing this, um, we didn't, unfortunately didn't get any, um, responses last week. So I'll, we'll keep that one up so that way you can answer it too, uh, which is still, uh, where did Matt rule play, uh, for what big team, what big 10 team did he play for? And then what position and what year was the bonus, um, if you're into wanting to email us, which was the initial option, I have put that on the video if you're watching on YouTube. If not, it's just nebraskabilities at gmail.com. And then if you really don't want to do that, um, on, our, on all of our socials, we have uh, a link in our bios or on the videos. Somewhere in there, you'll see uh, a link that'll tell you, you know, submit your trivia answers here. Um, and then it'll take you to a form done via Google that takes all the answers. Um, and it does not collect your email. We don't take, we're not taking anybody's email, but you do need to put your name in there. Um, so that way we just know who to credit. Um, you can put joke names in there if you want. Unfortunately, we aren't going to know who you are because (laughs) we don't have your email. So, you know, just think about that as you're going into it. But, um, hopefully it should be easier now. You know, if you're listening to this on your phone, should be able to click and go through it. it takes I think there's a total of three questions just required for answer, which is the two, the question itself, the bonus, and then your name, so that we know who to credit. But mm-hmm. it should be a heck of a lot easier. And um, if you uh, you can get a hold of one of us if you also want to answer that too, so you have more options now to complete the trivia <laughs> if that was holding you back before.
0: Alrighty. Well, thank you, Zach, for setting that up. And yeah, we like I said, we look forward to uh, hearing all of your responses, seeing uh, kind of what your guesses are for uh, Matt Rule's uh, storied playing career as well as the rivalry, the historic rivalry between Nebraska and Colorado. So we look forward to that. And I believe now it is time for the announcement of all announcements. <laughs> That, and uh, that everyone has been waiting
1: for I hope at least um, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if that was a cue for me to announce it but I suppose that, I uh, can' uh, answer to you oh really <laughs> no look at that Tom
0: Osborne just texted me he's ready <laughs> for the announcement
1: um I mean I I figure since I'm the tech guy I can
2: you sure are I
1: finally got it figured out <laughs> so what what we finally got figured out is that um what we he, and a lot of people have asked me this when we started doing this last year is um, when are we going to do like a live stream during a game? And so we finally got it figured out and we're going to do that this year f- uh, in October uh, for the Northwestern game uh, the 21st of October.
2: Um, uh, tw- <laughs> hopefully it's a good one. Is it the- yeah, I believe you. Sure.
1: I thought it was the 21st. <laughs> if not, Let's... it's whenever the Northwestern game is and we'll, we'll- Obviously, we'll be discussing this more as we get closer. But yeah, um, right,
2: it's the twenty first. We're good. We're good. We're
1: gonna finally, we're gonna finally do a live stream during the game. I know we tr- we tested it uh, after the spring game, and that seemed to go okay. Um, mm-hmm. So this year, this I think is gonna take place on Facebook. So a lot of people, if you don't have a Facebook account, um, it's probably not an all bad thing at this point in life. But <laughs> um, if you want to interact with us during that. You can have, uh, you can do that on Facebook uh, rather than YouTube, which is where it was last time. But a live stream. So unfortunately, we won't. It's illegal to actually stream the game on your stream. So it'll just be us talking during the game, pretty much like this. Um, No. Except I'll, except I'll probably be facing that way since my TV's there. But (laughs) um, yeah. So hopefully, if you're interested in joining us, um, we'll we'll be doing that. And then we might have some surprises throughout the, the game while we play, um, you know, while we watch it, but that part we still need to discuss. And, but hopefully you're looking forward to a live stream of Nebraska abilities during the game.
0: I know I am. Y- yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'll, I'll agree. Sure. It's
1: going to be going to be a lot of silence. probably. <laughs> or a lot of tunes. We'll <laughs> I hope. I hope. I mean, not to dog, not to dog too much on Northwestern, but man, I hope we can They had a on.
2: they had a rough off season. So, yeah, they did. <laughs>
1: I, think, I think that's it. I think we're I think we're done with all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: think that's that's all the announcements. Uh we got our predictions in. Colorado's going to lose. Like it's it's going to yes. be a great weekend to be a Husker. Like ah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, unfortunately, I like all things. It's a possibility. It's Nebraska abilities. So stay tuned this weekend for the big game against the Colorado Buffaloes.